I am your co-ghost, Jessica Delau. <laughs> Welcome to Retail Nightmares. I am joined by my fabulous co-ghost, Alicia Tobin. Hi, Jessica. How's it going? Hi. Uh, it's going great. It's going fine and normal and good. <laughs> yeah, everything's perfect. Everything is perfect. I'm it's a dream. It's a dream. The dream comes true. This is true. just a dream. I'm I'll yeah. Never wake up from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shh, I'm very excited about our guest today. This is someone I've wanted to have on for a real long time, and it's finally happening. It's a real dream come true. I'm here. He's here. Uh, he's an illustrator. He's an artist. Ali scavenger, knickknack collector. It's Hiller Goodspeed. Welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. Hello. I'm so I'm so happy to finally be here. <laughs> Episode 299. We did it. Yep. We did it. It only took 299 episodes to get you here. Yeah. And all of that work <laughs> was worth it for this moment leading up to this. Well, I'm so excited. All those emails back and forth with your agent booking you. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work, I know, but yeah. it'll be worth it, I promise. You've got you've got like a pretty extensive team. <laughs> yeah, you know. And your rider was like scavenger things, uh, <laughs> pencils. <laughs> Big pencil, little pencil. Different types of markers. Oh. Okay. I need my I need my art supplies, you know. Yeah. Tiny glasses for drawing round heads. Oh. Bigger glasses for drawing bigger faces. Oh, I've never used a glass to draw a circle. But now that you say that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. It's all I do all day long. <laughs> I have a little stencil thing that has, I forgot what they're oh, called, but they yeah. have, you know, they have different size circles, but they mm -hmm. only get to be so big. And then you do need a, a mug or a bowl. Like if you're doing a proper circle, you know, like a, like mm -hmm. a foot wide, like circle. Yeah. You need... They don't make uh, stencils, you know that that size. That you I can dream, dare you to dream. You got a lot of of circles in your in your drawings too. Yeah, I've I've gotten surprisingly <laughs> good at drawing like circles. Sometimes I I draw a circle for whatever reason, and I just stare at it because it <laughs> it's like very symmetrical and it's like yeah? very uh, it's like a proper circle. That's impressive. I just wanted to backtrack to that was my whole joke. <laughs> the circles is I'm a fan of your illustrations. <laughs> but it well, just said it you. in a really weird way. <laughs> it is I impressive. Mean, I, I'm a circle master, you know. I've, I've yeah. probably drawn, you know, at least 10,000. So Whoa, you've I played. think Whoa, I've earned the title. amazing. And you spent an hour doing each one. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes I do go, like the, the bigger circles when I'm doing them freehand, sometimes it can be a little, I have to be patient and take my time. Yeah. But, uh, Usually with the small ones, I can just like whip them out like it's really quick. Yeah, like you can do a couple in an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I have the time. Isn't that like what it was like a a symbol that you were an accomplished artist like back in the, I don't know, maybe Renaissance or something. If you could do a freehand circle, like a perfectly symmetrical freehand circle. Yeah, like a like a Da Vinci kind of yeah. like. I know there's like tricks you can do with like your elbow. Like if you like yeah. use that as like a pivot point, you can yeah. like do a perfect circle. You become a human protractor and become double jointed. And also it would probably you'd be good at like uh, baton twirling at the same mm. time. Side gigs. 
When I was in third grade, I used to do the thing where I would draw a circle and like shade it so that it looked like it was a three dimensional like sphere. And like that, every time I did that, it blew my mind because I really like it's so easy to do. But like when you kind of stare at it, you can like see a a sphere. Yeah. And it it was always kind of like magical to me. Like I would I would draw a circle or like a cube or really any simple (laughs) shape and just stare at it and like, whoa, like I, you know, I, I drew that shape. Yeah. And it like jumps off the page. Um, when I was in elementary school there, I had a classmate and his name was Art. And he was, surprise, surprise, really good at art. And he he could draw 3D like before everyone else figured out how to do it. And that was like pretty mind blowing. I remember he could also do like pop up cards and stuff. So like Valentine's Day, he he was the king. I remember there was one kid, uh, Dwayne, in my third grade class, and he learned how to fold the uh, fortune tellers, you know, the the little, little. and he folded one for every kid in our class. Like he showed up to class one day and he had like 30 fortune because he learned how to do it and he was so excited about it that he he made us all, I don't think there was anything written in them, but it was kind (laughs) of, it was, it was, it was cool. I thought it was like a nice thing to do. That's so sweet. Children do the sweetest and weirdest things. <laughs> Alicia, who was good at art in your elementary school? I was good at art. Yeah, you, you're still good at art. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I have this really distinct memory of being in kindergarten and grade one and the teachers like saying to my parents like, oh, she's she seems to have some talent. Like she's really good at drawing human faces. Um, but it never progressed past that grade, like, grade one standard of like just drawing profiles of faces as I saw them as a child it went to your head yeah I was like I guess I don't have to get any better you're like stop learning now it didn't go to my head I realized soon thereafter that drawing's hard yeah Uh, yeah it just makes me laugh because there's so much promise in so many areas that just never flourished Oh my gosh, uh, don't even get me started. Like I found <laughs> I found an envelope full of my old report cards and it was like she definitely should continue in this path and I'm like, well, did not take that advice ever. <laughs> when I was in like 4th or 5th grade, I I thought I was a true genius. I thought I was so <laughs> smart. Maybe the grading was different in my school, <laughs> but I I was getting like mostly A's and I'm like I was so on top of things and then I went to middle school and I started taking math, like real math. And I just like, I kind of, I leveled out, but it definitely was a humbling experience to not get straight A's every, you know, report. Yeah, it's a real confidence uh, destroyer for a lot of children. It was for me as well. Yeah, it was hard. I don't understand how school works because like sometimes you can feel like that and then all of a sudden it just disappears and you're like, was I just good at that one type of thing? Like I was in an honors math class at one point, but what did that mean? (laughs) Like, I don't even know because I definitely didn't get math 12 by the end. I had to like, I think I had to take it twice (laughs) because I was like, it's too confusing. What's negative infinity? I always like geometry, Yeah, you know, like working with angles and like you have like a pool table and it's like, oh, what angle? It's math, but it's also a game in a a way where you have like compliments and, you know, you kind of have your 360 degree thing and you can like divide it and yeah, and it all makes sense. And it's kind of like a puzzle. Like you have to figure it out. I loved that. Like I went to Montessori school and we had whenever we do geometry, we had like these little 
metal shapes with like little handles. So if you wanted to do like a fraction, you could like actually visualize it and do it. It was so fun. And then it's like, wait, I have to picture this all in my head. Like where, where are your trays of like beautiful fractions? Anyway, math is hard. Uh, And remember when we were uh, in school and everyone was like, well, you got to learn this because you're not going to be walking around with a calculator in your pocket all the time. And now everyone is all the time. Yeah, I have like three calculators in my pocket. (laughs) Well, that's a fashion statement. I have always, always really enjoyed like having a calculator outside of like my phone. Yeah. So so handy. Yeah. I like adding machines. Ooh, they make so much noise. Yeah. Hank is in the background just having like a three course meal. I don't know. I keep turning around to see what he's doing, but I apologize for the Hank noises in the background. It's okay. It's not that loud. Yeah. He's still, you know, he's up to no good. Hiller, do you have a pet? I do not have a pet. So I I grew up and I had many pets. I had, you know, cats and dogs and gerbils and we would like bring home like animals. And I remember once I found a box turtle. I found a box turtle at the beach. And for some (laughs) reason, my mom allowed me to take it home to Orlando, which is very far away. I mean, like turtles are okay in most environments that exist in Florida. But I remember, you know, like it got away, like it it escaped, you know, it was traumatic at first. And a few summers later, it resurfaced. Whoa. But I think it I think it did okay. I lived kind of close to a lake. So nice. I think it was, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. But it was kind of weird that my mom allowed us to, you know, put it in the box and bring it home from its natural habitat. Different times. Yeah, it was a different time. Also, it's Florida. Like, I feel like Florida is like a magical other things happen there. <laughs> I mean, you just see an animal, you pick it up. Like if it's pretty cool and it looks safe and yeah. red is not touching yellow, then yeah. like put it in your pocket and like make it your own. Yeah, it's your little buddy. That's so nice. I wish I lived in that kind of world where I could just like see an animal and put it in my pocket. I would have pockets full of birds and cats and it would be a massacre. Where would you put your calculators? Exactly. I do not collect animals anymore. I haven't. I haven't removed an animal <laughs> from its natural habitat since I, I learned my lesson. You know, <laughs> at that time they wouldn't let you into Canada with all the <laughs> turtles you had in your pocket. Yeah, it just you know, it just wasn't wasn't a good idea to try to bring them in. <laughs> well, you've got to find out somehow. Um, Florida is one of the few um, states that I have not been to, and like every time we've gone on tour and had a a show there, like something's fallen through. It's always been hilarious kind of like goof type mistakes. Like one time we were on tour and someone, a podcast fan, actually, I don't remember what their name was, but they messaged me saying like, Oh, I was really excited for you to play uh, at this venue. But did you know that it just closed down? And I was like, thank you so much for letting me know because no, we did not know. And as like, as far as we knew, we were just going to like head there after, you know, the show before it. So that gave us a day off, but also then I didn't get to see Florida. Yeah. I mean, Florida growing up in Orlando, there were so many shows and tours that would come down to Atlanta, maybe to Jacksonville, but they wouldn't come down into the panhandle, Mm. which kind of makes sense. But also, I mean, there are enough cities to play, but I mean, not everyone wants to dip down into like the most tropical state. Yeah. Especially when it's, you know, summer. 
I don't know, but it was always I was always kind of bummed when a show I, I would check the you know the lineup and see what dates they were playing, and they would play Atlanta and they would play surrounding states, but they wouldn't make the commitment to come down. They didn't know about the free box turtles. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I would have. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you just go out and they're everywhere. You just you know go through the sand dunes and you'll find something living. <laughs> something. <laughs> And you can call it a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got their names. Whatever whatever you find, you can call it a turtle. Um, how long have you been in Canada? I can't remember. So I moved to Canada in on November 14th, 2013. Okay. So I've been here for a while. Yeah. Eight years, just about. Yeah. Pretty long time. It's It goes by quick. Yeah. I, I didn't... I don't know. It was two years, four years, and here we are. Well, this last year doesn't count, so. Yeah, seven years. Let's call it seven. Yeah. I don't even need my calculator. <laughs> I think, actually, Alicia, I think this marks maybe a year of us recording online. Like, recording I think you I think you're correct. Yeah. I think tomorrow's the day, today's the day that we got sent home from work. Yeah. Fun. For our listeners, we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. uh, and none of us are wearing green. Nobody cares. My couch is green. Yeah, but it's always green. It's, yeah, it's That's, always celebrating. Sorry. I mean, I didn't mean to be so negative. I was wearing a green sweater. Yeah. But that was inconsequential. I, I always wear that sweater yeah. almost every day. Green yeah. is a great color. I mean, it's only the only green thing I own, really, but I, I'm always wearing it. Yeah. I have probably a sweater of every color of the rainbow (laughs) because I have too many sweaters. I have a sweater problem. Um, But enough about that. That's a different segment. Hiller, do you have any retail nightmares? I I do. I don't know where you've worked. Did you work at Lucky's ever? Yeah, I worked at Lucky's for three years. So I was when I first moved here and I I couldn't really work uh, full time or I couldn't work, you know, more than 20 hours a week. I just uh, I talked to Will Actually, you know, Will talked to me and he said, hey, do you want to work at Lucky's? Do you know, you know, Will Anderson. Yes. Flip Sandy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, you want to work at Lucky's? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. (laughs) You got recruited. I I went inside and he, he trained me in five minutes. He was like, this is the till. Uh, don't forget to barricade the back door when you close up. Uh, (laughs) if you need like more receipt paper, it's stored in here. Uh, you know, don't forget to unplug this before you plug in this or it, the unit will overheat. And and then that was basically it. And uh, it was probably the best retail job I've ever had. Wow. I don't think I had any nightmares there. Yeah. But I mean, I've had a lot of jobs. I When I was 16, I was a lifeguard. Oh. Like I was a lifeguard for the public, you know, for the city of Orlando. And then I was the lifeguard for a country club for a year. Whoa. I worked in construction. Like I, I kind of had, you know, a, a pretty pretty wide spectrum of like teenage jobs. Mm-hmm. But um, I did work a retail job, uh, and that would be uh, Michaels. Oh. So I worked at Michaels. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You guys are familiar with Michaels, right? I, oh, yeah. I wish I wasn't <laughs> because <laughs> I spend too much money there. But it's the best place to go to get rubber cement and a picture frame. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that was my kind of train of thinking when I applied there. It was it was summer of uh, 2008 and I was home and I needed a job for a few months. So I applied to work and it was pretty quick and easy as those jobs usually are. 
And uh, anyway, so I, I only worked there for two months. But my very first shift, I had to come in at 4.45 in the morning, <laughs> and I had to help unload a semi-trailer. Oh, my gosh. Like they, had a, they had a delivery, and like I, I started, and the guy, you know, he called me, and he's like, hey, Hillary, your first shift is this uh, Thursday morning. Uh, we have a delivery coming, and, you know, you need to be there at 4.45. So I showed up, but uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the inside of a like a trailer, like a semi-trailer, but it's huge. Yeah. And so we basically formed like a, you know, like a bucket line or whatever you would call that. And we just handed each other bucket or uh, boxes, <laughs> cardboard boxes from this truck. And we had to do that for like a couple hours. Wow. Like there were just so many packages of just, you know, craft stuff. And I, I wasn't wearing gloves. Oh, like no, no one had told me. Oh, no. No one had told me like you know, you should probably get some like gardening gloves or something. Yeah. So I, my hands were like super dried out and like super gross by the end of that shift. And that was my very first shift at Michael's. Wow. I'm so surprised that they wouldn't just have things on pallets that they would like use a little like dolly to, or like a little, one of those lifts to like bring it into the store and then you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, as I remember it, there was no like pneumatic, you know, yeah. mechanism. Like it was the the truck, like the bed of like the bed of the truck was maybe, you know, a few feet off the ground. And there there was probably you know a dolly somewhere that was being used, but there was a lot of like carrying boxes like back yeah. and forth. So inefficient. And just like yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion that's why they hired all these new people so they could show up early in the morning and unload a, a truck. Wow. It was a test. And it was probably like boxes full of glitter, glue or something. Royal icing. Yeah, I think at that point <laughs> you move the boxes into the store and you just have like all these little mountains of boxes that break down. And the more you open the, you know, the more smaller boxes you have. And then they, they go to their aisle and you put away all the stuff. It's all like scrapbooking stickers and stuff. So yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt, Hiller, but um, that's what I do. <laughs> and now during your time at Michael's, was it aligned with the big cake decorating phenomenon that happened in the yeah. from around 2008 to 2013, where people were really into cake decorating? I remember there was a baking aisle. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I know that Michael's has started to do or they had started to do at that point, like wedding stuff and like oh. cakes and like. So I think there was baking supplies and icing mixtures and stuff like that. I know there was the like Martha Stewart had already moved into Michaels, so there was a lot of Michael or Martha Stewart gear. Like I had a Martha Stewart bone score. Oh, that I got when I worked there. Yeah, I think the first time I ever went to Michaels, because for some reason, like I didn't, maybe we didn't have them he yeah, here. Yeah, we didn't have them until yeah a while ago. But the first time I went, I bought like a Martha Stewart product and it was like a, a paper, like a hole punch, but in the shape of a seahorse, <laughs> like ah. seahorses. So then I could make like seahorse shaped confetti. And I probably spent like 20 bucks on it. And then like in retrospect, I was like, I had no money. Why did I buy that? Like when I was like 21 or whatever. But they still have that aisle and it creeps me out like of the... You can just get like a tub of fondant. And I'm sort of like, is that how people are making their cakes? You need it to make all those like fancy cakes, though. They're not good cakes. They're pretty cakes. 
Yeah, I guess. Like Cake Boss style. Yeah, they had workshops for a while in the workshop room at the one on Broadway. And there was a lot of that type of icing. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to me to see people get excited about it. But I wouldn't be excited about it myself. I wouldn't be excited to eat it. But it, like, I mean, it's I bet just you would like, be really good at cake decorating. You're so good at small details. Yeah, I like I like cake decorating. I one time with my friend Melinda made a cake that was like a, a luchador curling because like her and her partner are curlers. And so that was fun because I got to like get different candies to make the like lines and like little things to make the stones and stuff and like the broom. I think we we made it a luchador because that was just like the right scale. That was like the only doll that we had that <laughs> worked cool. for the scale. That was a different time when I had a bigger kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Did you get like, besides the Martha Stewart uh, tool, did you get any other like, did you get like a su- sweet discount at Michael's or something? Yeah, I think I had a, I must have had a discount. Like I got a lot of like supplies, just like paints and like brushes. And like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet with like creative stuff. So I just kind of like got all kinds of weird things that I thought were okay art products like they they had a line of uh paint brushes by bob ross oh wow like he had his own he had his own line of brushes and like paint i think it was too and like i i don't know it was always kind of fun to walk down that aisle but i yeah i mean i i picked up a lot of stuff when i worked there and it was like kind of it was educational just because i you know i hadn't really worked in retail before that and so like as i you know, was working there. I, I got promoted oh. like in the the month that I was working there to the frame department <laughs> Oh, because they, I think the frame associate had quit. And so they just kind of like plugged me into that position. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it was custom framing. So there was a lot of like, you know, you had to know what you're doing if you wanted to do a good job because people yeah. were coming in with like, old maps and you know cool stuff and uh i got trained by this really nice like older guy but i i didn't really know what i was doing still <laughs> and there was a there was like an old computer and it had software on it and he kind of ran through it with me and he's like okay if they want a frame here's this if they want a mat here's this and it kind of calculated everything for you but it was really like you needed to input a lot of information And I remember just people would come up to the counter and I would try to talk them into buying a (laughs) pre-made frame (laughs) because I I like, I really didn't know what I was doing at all. And that only happened a few times, but I was like, Hey, you know, you can just get an, like an eight by 10, you can get a five by seven mat like they have. And like you could, it would look really beautiful if your daughter's graduation photo was, you know, and it would only cost you like 18 bucks. So you should just go that way. I love that. That is like, absolutely, I would do that and be like, yeah, no, I totally know how to do it. And then framing to me still seems like there's some element of magic involved because I feel like I've measured things perfectly. And then still, when it comes time to like put the art in the frame, it's the wrong size and I'll have to like crop my image even more and it'll be like a photograph and I'm like I really don't want to slice off even a millimeter of this but here we are (laughs) like I'm not going back to Michael's yeah if I'm ever drawing anything for a frame I'm like very meticulous and like I measure everything out and I cut a sheet of paper that's like the size that I can like draw in that will like fit within the mat or whatever 
And then I like use the whiteboard and I'm like very careful to like draw within the the proper zone so that I don't have to do any weird, you know, cropping. That's good. I feel like so many artists make just like irregular shaped things. And like I've got a stack of of stuff I need to frame and it's all it's all not standard. And even though Michaels has that aisle that's like irregular sizes, still doesn't cut everything. I have the same pile. Yeah. And it's like, if I were to take it to, even if I use the Michaels coupon, it's going to be like $1,000 to frame everything. Yeah. You got to wait until like the right sale. And then it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's very, it's very pricey. And I feel like that was part of the reason I, I just felt so bad, you know, trying to figure that stuff out for people. It's like, I don't want you to spend $150 to frame this like little, like, you know, baseball card. Yeah. And it was, it was always very, very pricey. Stop framing all your baseball cards. Just get a binder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've definitely framed things that like the frame, if you're doing it custom costs more than the art itself. And then you're like, I wanted to support an artist and now I'm supporting Michael's <laughs> like, whoops. Yeah. That's how Michael gets rich, I guess. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Who Michael. Michael. I don't know. Who is Michael? Michael's my dad. Michael's your dad. Michael's also Jay's dad. Oh, Whoa. wow. What? Yeah. Wait a second. Wait, are you Jay's sister? <laughs> we should have talked about this by now. How has this never come up? <laughs> so weird. Jay is my brother. <laughs> wow. He's my little wow. brother. Wow. My, my little big brother. So you're my sister-in-law. I'm your sister-in-law. Wow. I'm always ruining dinners. <laughs> yeah, we get into big blow-ups. Yeah. We throw the throw the green beans. Um, Alicia, do you have a retail nightmare? I have a retail dream. A what? Um, I needed new glasses. So I went to uh, get glasses a couple of weeks ago which is no small feat during a pandemic because someone has to be close to your face. Um, But I had a good experience. I went to uh, chain store Bailey Nelson and got two pairs of glasses. And it's real fun to try them on because you have to try them on with your mask. Then take a selection of the ones you think will work and then go outside and try them on without your mask. Oh, that's how they do it. Yeah, and and then the store is right on Main Street, so it's very embarrassing <laughs> to stand outside with a little mirror and decide if you like your glasses or not. Um, and then they were ready in one week. Whoa. Yeah, and uh, I almost don't have a headache anymore from wearing them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. They look great. Thanks. This is one of two pairs. The other pair is octagonal. Nice. Yeah, it's octagonal tortoise shell. They're very pretty. Whoa, that combines like two things that we all just confess to loving. Turtles and geometry. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just a good experience. And the woman that helped me was great. Nice. Uh, And funny. And and she had had good taste. And uh, all in all, it took like maybe 30 minutes to choose glasses. Nice. That's so easy. That's great. Yeah. Well, I pre-shopped, so I had an idea of what I wanted, and then when I got there, none of those looked good on me. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Uh, wow, like my, my taste and the shape of my face, they don't always meet up. It's hard. It's really hard to know. Yeah. I have not worn my glasses in like a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're big, big beauties. I forgot that I had uh, glasses. <laughs> I forgot that I needed glasses. Because I just like don't want to deal with fogging up my glasses when I go outside and I only need them far away. So have you figured out a way to do it? 
No, I, I haven't. I, I mean, my glasses fog up all the time. Yeah. And sometimes I just leave it and I'm like, I'm just going to pay for these bananas and you're not going to see any part of my face <laughs> and my eyes are going to be white. But uh, sometimes when you're talking with someone, especially, you feel like a need to like have them clean so yeah. you can like see them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I haven't found a solution. I mean, I just like continually take them off my face and wipe them, yeah. put them back on my face, try to set them in a way where you know <sighs> they're not catching all the hot air that's coming up from the mask. But it's hard. I feel like some people have mastered it, but I am not one of them. <laughs> I like, heard if you put a paper towel in your mask, it helps. I also noticed that. that people like align the mask underneath their glasses, mm-hmm. um, but it hasn't worked for me. I know someone who uses like double-sided tape on like the bridge of the nose of the um, mask and that seems to work. And then she also like, yeah, some people put like Kleenex inside the mask, but like, yeah, it's just a mess when I try and do that. It's not good. <laughs> like they tape it to their face? Yeah. So it's like the double-sided tape is on. And I think it's like not like intense double-sided tape i think it might be like fabric tape um but it'll be like under her face because she works in retail and she needs to be wearing her mask and her glasses like all day um yeah yeah it's not an ideal solution yeah usually i find that when the temperatures level out like when you're inside or outside for long enough you know sometimes sometimes it it reaches a, a point where it just kind of disappears yeah like an equilibrium especially when you're inside i find if i look up if I'm just like walking around looking up, they won't fog up. But then I'm like, what if I want to see where I'm walking or look at anything I'm holding? It doesn't work. What about you, Jess? Do you have a retail something? I have a retail dream. Okay. And that is, I got a new shower curtain and I love it. (laughs) Oh, it's so sparkly. Yeah. It's like hologram stars. It's like clear with like hologram stars of different uh, sizes on it. And so it looks like the back of a sticker it rocks. And I went, I found it at Ming Wo, a local store, Ming Wo. And that's where I get all my shower curtains. But I don't like this is I'm just using it as a liner. Uh, Like I have a fabric shower curtain, but that goes on the outside. And so I feel like I, I don't know, maybe it takes me like three years to like need a new liner or something. So every time I go buy a new one, they have like a completely different stock. Like it's completely turned over so this time I was like I love the shower curtain so much I'm gonna go back the next day and buy another one I'm gonna buy like all the stock they have Wow! and so I went back the next day and they only had one more so I was like I'm gonna buy it one is better than nothing but then my friend uh because I posted a little story of it on Instagram of being like I like my new shower curtain and she was like oh where'd you get that it looks so good I want one and then I was like you know what why don't you have this one? So I just like brought it to her because I was like, it's very nice of you. Well, like better that she gets the enjoyment from it now than me in three years, you know, like I might've transcended showers in three years. (laughs) I might live, my consciousness might live on the internet. So, uh, and it was fun because I thought I was just going for like a half hour errand running trip and it turned into a three hour long walk. So Got to see a lot of birds and sniff a lot of flowers. So great. It's just cool. like an unexpected fun time. And uh, everyone gets a shower curtain. <laughs> you get a shower Just two people get a shower yeah. curtain. If there would have been more, I would have bought more. I just want everything to look like the back side of a sticker. I just want everything to look like a backside. 
Yeah. <laughs> you want to live in butt world. Butts, 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 butts. Butts. Should we do a segment? Sure. Yeah. Hello. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Okay. So as it is St. Patrick's Day today, should we start with potato business? Yeah, we can do potato business. Potato business. Do you cut it into fries? Do you bake it into pie? Potato business. Do you keep it in a bowl? Do you stick it in a hole? Potato business. So potato business is really just like a free form potato jazz jam sesh. Like we talk about all things tuber. Are they tubers? We were I believe yeah. they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's no potato seeds, right? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I would argue the potato is the seed. I would, oh. you know, the potato, you need a potato to make a potato. That's true. You know? That's oh. true. So it's like the, a pregnant potato. <laughs> oh, Potatoes are born pregnant. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> what are okay, Hiller? What are what are your opinions on potatoes? I I love potatoes, so I <laughs> have always eaten them. I remember my very first potato was actually or my very first. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think about my history of potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, currently, I, I eat them in every form. So I don't know if there's potato that I don't like. Really? See, I mean, there's fries, of course. Hash browns are my favorite. I would say that hash browns, like, far and above are, like, home-cut, squared potatoes. Home fries are my favorite. There's a cube again. You love geometry. I love I love <laughs> potato cubes. Um, I love, uh, let's see, steak-cut fries. Mm-hmm, We're always, mm-hmm. like, at... I remember... In elementary school, thinking like they weren't so good, but they have grown on me over the years. Lots of surface area for a mayonnaise or a ketchup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good for dipping. Um, baked potatoes. Classic. What do you yeah. like on your baked potato? Uh, green onions, sour cream, cheese, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes like bacon. Like if you if you really bake it like long enough, you can really kind of mash it up, and it's you know pretty good, tasty treat. This is making me so hungry, <laughs> but not for potatoes, just for sour cream. So so you don't like you don't like potatoes, or you're not a big potato fan. I'm I'm I'll eat them, but like I never buy them or cook them myself. Like I, you know, like I'll have fries if I'm getting a burger when I'm out, but because I haven't really been eating. Uh, at restaurants for the past year, I don't think I've admit like I, I've had pierogies. I guess that's my m- most recent potato business. Okay. Always a fan of pierogies. Pierogies are great. Uh, if we're talking about like not not standard potatoes, uh, gnocchi. Oh yeah, gnocchi's pretty good. Like gnocchi, gnocchi is good. I was very surprised to learn that that it was not pasta the yeah. first time I had it so sneaky very very good to eat to eat potatoes with like tomato sauce seems like yeah. very sneaky yeah but it's very good are they both like nightshade vegetables <laughs> Who knows? i'm gonna write down the word gnocchi so i remember to order some because i don't even remember the last time i had any i don't know how to make anything like that myself i yeah i think it's like not too hard i love the little shapes they look like little grubs they do. 
It's, I love it. My partner Aaron has made gnocchi a few times. Oh, yeah? It's really hard to get down the like flour to like potato ratio and to like it has to be a certain, you know, firmness if you want it to to cook right and it's it's difficult to nail that exactly. Yeah, I, would I mean, think so. you're, Yeah, you're usually better off just buying it. It's like why it's why very not? Godfather part 3. <laughs> yes. Okay, in that it's like you want it to be good, but it's not as good as you remember it. <laughs> it's it's like it's good. I mean, it's like you you eat it and it's fine and it's tasty and it's homemade, so it's special, but it's like, well, you know, you could get it you get this at no frills and yeah. you know, it's it might be it's more consistent. Yeah. So I mean, anything you make yourself is going to be you know, irregular, and sometimes that benefits, you know, the flavors, but sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay, but I... Sometimes I it's not the, worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, especially with, like, pasta and, like, all things like that, like, it's, you know, it's very time-intensive, and you have to make sure you're doing it right, and, like, best-case scenario, it's, like, uh, it's pretty good pasta. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, like, regular fettuccine, but, like, you know, I made it, so there's yeah. that, but... But I'm still gonna want to just have a nap after I <laughs> eat it, same as all pasta. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what am I eating too much <laughs> in a serving? I was gonna me? make this tweet the other night when I was eating uh, pasta. I was like, no one knows actually what a serving of pasta is. No one has any idea. No. <laughs> like I can eat so much pasta and still be starving. When I lived on my own, <laughs> and mm, let's let's face it, I was probably depressed. Um, I ate so much pasta and I would just like wake up from a nap, eat a bowl of pasta, go back to napping. <laughs> like, and then I realized, oh, like maybe you shouldn't eat a whole box of pasta in a day. Maybe you shouldn't even be getting your pasta in a box is a lesson I learned. Um, but then I, I worked at a place, um, that sold like spaghetti measurers it was you know like maybe you've seen them before they're like uh, it's like hiller's circle drawer yeah but it says like this much for a woman this much for a man this much for a teenager or a child and i was like why is pasta gendered like what's (laughs) what's going on like i don't understand made me crazy. Well, you're making it all in a separate pot for your yeah. family. Everyone gets their own pot. Or like you are supposed to be like, okay, I've got one teenager, so I'm like measuring that or like, and I'm the grandma's coming over, so I'm gonna like measure this and then you combine it and you're like one pack of <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> I have seen the pasta measures, like the circle ones mm-hmm. for like people, the amount of people or like sometimes there's like a slide mechanism that's like, mm-hmm. you know, determines how much pasta you need. But it's very, very odd, very weird that they would divide it that way. Yeah, it was so weird. And like, it's true. I should not eat the same amount of pasta that Jay does, but sometimes I do. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. It's I'm whatever you want to eat at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alicia, like, are you, do you have any pasta, or pasta, do you have any potato updates do you have have a potato update um one of my favorite things to make right now is lentil shepherd's pie oh and uh it's a great vehicle for a lot of mashed potatoes and um i recently bought an immersion blender because despite owning a very nice blender i don't want to put hot soups in it and burn myself anymore (laughs) 
Mm. Uh, but I didn't feel like using my... This story is so boring. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I did a test and I was like, you know what? The immersion blender and the potato masher really give you the same results. The potato masher is better. Because the immersion blender, blender kind of makes them a little bit gluey. Oh. Yeah, a little gluey. Huh. Okay. And I, I used oat milk and it turned out okay. Nice. Yeah. I used oat milk like when making mashed potatoes a couple weeks ago. And it was like the unsweetened vanilla. Uh-oh. And like, <laughs> and like that. I, I knew it was going to be weird when I was putting it in, but I didn't have any other, anything else to, you know, put in there. And you could kind of taste the vanilla like in the potatoes. And it, it wasn't... It wasn't bad. Like, it was just kind of like the essence of vanilla. So it was like a weird reminder that, you know. I've done it you too. You put that in. It was I... a, a dessert potato. Yeah, almost. Is that a thing? Are there like dessert potato dishes? Yeah, you made one. Oh, yeah. Well, my potato pudding. That's not a real thing, though. I just put maple syrup and mashed potatoes and made it runny. Um... I've, I've had those, like, uh, chocolate-covered potato chips. I guess that's dessert. Those are pretty good. I, I feel like if, if potato can masquerade as pasta, it could probably masquerade as a, you know, dessert yeah. base. Like, I'm sure you could you could find some, some way to incorporate potatoes into... Because it's such a, like, it's just a starch, right? So yeah. it's so it's so simple and basic. You can just add sugar, and it's like, you know, pudding. I think in TV and movies and commercials, especially when we see people with ice cream, it's actually uh, scoops of mashed potato, which is often when you see actors just holding their ice cream and not wanting to put their tongue on it because it's potatoes. I have an update for you. There's a lot of good looking potato recipes out there. Like desserts? Uh, mm Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, dessert recipes. And there's a couple of sad ones just called Irish potato candy, which makes me long for my motherland. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like there's some great opportunities to turn potatoes into desserts. And Hiller, you're totally right. So they're just acting like the starch and the flour. Yeah. I When I was making my um, potato pudding... I decided to Google it to see if there was an actual recipe and there was like a Jewish potato pudding I think came up but I was like I don't want to follow a recipe I'm just gonna imagine what I think pudding is and it worked out fine it tasted just a a bit starchy (laughs) (laughs) just fine who doesn't love starch I love it Yeah. I don't think I've had a potato since we last did potato business all right, well, we could move on to the next segment. Sure. Um, so, Hiller, how much money have you spent on the Red Hot Chili Peppers? How much money have you spent on the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I see a t-shirt. I want to own ya. I'll buy a ticket down to California. So, I, I haven't added it up yet. I don't know if I was supposed to. No, that's but, okay. Um, we can do it. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got my calculator. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alicia's favorite. <laughs> so, so I have a history with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. And it kind of, like, uh, there was a period where I was really into them. And it started in my, like, teenage years. But uh, 
we can go through and I can detail. I have a, a short list of, of things that I remember buying that were associated with the, the band. Okay, I'm excited. Ready when you are. <laughs> so in my childhood bedroom, I had two posters that I probably bought. Like I was buying things on eBay like all the time when I was you know younger. And that was really the only place to kind of buy posters. Like in Central Florida, there weren't, I mean, there were music stores, but... You know, if you wanted that one, like really rad RHCP poster, you had to you had to go online to get it. Is this the one with the socks? No, it wasn't the one with the socks. <laughs> it was it was like a it was a picture of each band member. It was like black and white, and it said Red Hot Chili Peppers at the bottom <laughs> and like red, like hand drawn. I, I thought it was really cool when I was a kid. <laughs> so I, I so I bought that. I had that one poster, and that was probably like ten bucks okay. U.S. dollars. You think that included shipping? <laughs> Uh, maybe, I mean, shipping, probably not. Like I would maybe like 15, okay, like 15 yeah. to $17. Let's go with 16. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> At go least just your accountant. <laughs> I had, I also had a poster of like the red asterisk. Oh, okay. Like, you know, like the, like the, the red hot chili peppers, like butthole. their thing. The angel's butthole. Is that what it's called? That's what I've heard it referred to as. I don't know why it's called that. Wow. They're a mystery to me. So I had I had that poster too. So same story. Like I, you know, I bought it when I was like younger, and uh, probably ran me about sixteen bucks total. Okay, we're at thirty two. Okay. Okay. Checks out. So this is kind of a funny story. Uh, so I, when I was, and this was around like two thousand two or so, I was really into downloading music videos on Kazaa. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And I used to download like all kinds of music, just like weird stuff that I would listen to. It didn't really matter what it was or what the genre was. So like there'd be like skits and like weird recordings. But I I would also record music videos because we didn't have cable as a kid. And so I was like dying to see like, you know, less than Jake, like dope man like music videos <laughs> and just like really, really dumb music videos, but I it didn't have access to them otherwise. And so I would download music videos and watch them as they downloaded. So I'd watch them, you know, every, maybe every like five minutes. And so every five minutes, there would be an additional like half a second added to that video. (laughs) And I remember thinking that the can't stop music video was like pure art. Oh, wow. Like it was so... (laughs) I, I I didn't watch the video. I haven't watched it in a long time. But basically, they're in a like a white like warehouse with like white walls, and they're like you know they're doing like weird things with like packing peanuts and like I thought it was very artistic, and so I would just sit there and watch the beginning of the video. Like I probably watched it like dozens and dozens of times. Wow. So I did. I, I would say that in total, it probably took somewhere around, you know, 18 to 20 hours to download. <laughs> and so thinking in terms of like money, yeah, you know, we had dial up. I don't even know what dial up internet cost, you know, at that point. But um, if you would say like $60 a month, <laughs> I actually did do the calculation on this. So if you did, if you did 18 hours of dial up internet and it was $60 a month, it would come out to a dollar, around a dollar 45. Okay. Which I didn't personally invest it, but you know, it counts. I, yeah. I, I use, I use my time and you know, I think I, I've earned that, you know, dollar 50. For sure. And now I've never seen this video, Hiller, and you said that they were doing interesting stuff with um, packing peanuts. 
were they just slowly inserting one into the tip of their penis? <laughs> no, okay. I I don't I didn't see that. Like you can tell that they had like a budget of you know they had probably had a sizable budget, but they just had a bunch of like buckets and like weird stuff, and they just like played around with it. So it was very like. It seemed very artistic to me at the time. Okay. Yeah. Like performance art. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it looks like performance art, but they're just like having fun with like giant exercise balls and like weird equipment that they Okay, you know, so I really, I really misread it. I they, apologize. <laughs> they did try to stick the exercise balls in. in yes, in yeah, to, and they succeeded. Yeah, really stretched out that foreskin. <laughs> it's... It's fucked. That's the director's cut that I got on uh, Late Night Kazaa. <laughs> so we're at 33.45. Wow. I did purchase Stadium Arcadium. Okay. So that was a double double CD set. So I probably like 16 bucks. Okay. I would say like when that when that came out, like CDs were like expensive. So I, I didn't. So expensive. Like I used to, I used to go to CD Warehouse and get a lot of used CDs. Nice. But every now and then. I would spring for like a new CD and like peel off the sticker and everything like that. And I don't know why Stadium Arcadium, why I, I got that album. But I remember, you know, putting it on in the car and like thinking it was pretty cool. It's a double album. So it's like good value. Yeah. And that, I think that was probably that was probably my line of thinking. Yeah. Like, well, if I'm going to spend like, you know, several hours worth of like working, it's like I might as well get 24 songs. Yeah, this is good okay. math. Good math. You're telling the story about downloading music videos on Kazaa really, really brought me back to a time where I would just really take over the dial-up internet in my home. And I was one of those uh, households that had dial-up internet long after everyone else got high speed. <laughs> um, and I, I would only download long songs because I would be like, I got to make it worthwhile. Like it takes so long to download a song. So I'd download like six to eight minute long songs. And I think at the end of having that computer, I probably had only downloaded 60 songs, but that was probably from in between the years 1998 to 2004. So <laughs> nice. And I think I can remember all the songs to this day. And I was like, I should make a playlist of these songs because they're all over the place. I would just be like, is that a long song? I got to download it. <laughs> I remember just like recording like tons of weird, random, odd things and throwing them all onto like CDs, like burning a CD yeah. and like, you know, mix like 24 and like throw it in the in the car and like listen to, you know, whatever it was. I'm so glad that I don't have any of these CDs anymore because it's yeah, I would be like, well, you know, you got to put some Eminem on there, but also like Elton John, too. And it's like, that's awful. <laughs> that's and a, it was just your ECD. <laughs> yeah, and that's I did it. Uh, yeah, I was very librarian esque in my organizing. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting us off topic. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. So we're at uh, 49.45. OK, reasonable. OK. And so so my last item, I love karaoke. And I, I sing karaoke a lot, and I haven't, you know, in over a year now. And rarely do I sing a song twice. Like, I usually try to, you know, I usually enjoy going through the book and finding a song that I either forgot about or, like, a, a random odd song. Mm -hmm. But I have sung, by the way, a couple times. Oh. If only because I'm in the mood to do so. And it's kind of a fun song to sing, like... uh the verses are kind of fast and like hard and like are always kind of a train wreck. <laughs> but there's that one part where he, I mean, a couple parts where he's like shouting out words like, yeah, you know, do, pawn shop. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah. Tim Tam. <laughs> and and when you're on stage, it's fun to stand up and just be like, maybe I'll start with like Kerchuk, but then you'll like take it into some weird place where you just kind of like start like freestyling over ah. the, you know. It's slam poetry. It's slam poetry. The best kind of poetry. <laughs> and so I would say that I have done that song at least a couple times. Wow. Only, only because, you know, it's like sometimes you just feel like you have to do a song again. Yeah. And I would say that to push me to the point where I would sing that song, I probably consumed a couple of beers. Yeah, for sure. So each, each, I mean, at least, you know, I was, I was building up to that point, but to get to, by the way, I had to, you know, have a couple, a couple lagers. Yeah. And so I would assume that a lager is about like six bucks. So if we add like, $24 to that. Okay. I think that counts, right? Oh yeah, these are your rules. So what's our what's our total? Um $72. Oh, let's just round down and call it 69. 45. Yeah, $69. Nice. <laughs> so if that's Canadian dollars, if we convert that into oh, Canadian shit. dollars. Was this US dollars? Half half of that, most of that was was U.S. They're probably so, so the closer beer. to four twenty. Yeah, four hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! It's yeah for our international listeners, sixty nine U.S. dollars converts to four twenty Canadian dollars. That's just <laughs> and, it's. And where true. would you rather live? I mean, Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Just surfing surfing the the falls going back and forth nonstop. I still haven't spent any any more money on them since I've never spent any money on them. Yeah. Like I said it was a it was a phase. You don't have to and defend so it. it was gonna, absolutely. I mean I mean no, I I I really I I still there's still a point where you know I'll, I'll bring them up and I'll listen to some red hot chili peppers and I'm not afraid to admit it. Honestly, if anything doing this segment has made me a fan. Like I used to think they weren't great or like I would like a few of their singles and now I'll if I hear them on the radio I won't skip to the next channel I'll just listen through the whole thing and I probably know all the words now <laughs> so yeah I mean I don't know any deep cuts but I you know there's probably a dozen of their songs where I'm like these are are not so bad <laughs> yeah I wish them well I hope they're all doing great out there flea and the rest <laughs> yeah whatever their names are yeah. Um, Tony. Tony. Oh yeah, Tony. Um, the other guy, Chad. And there's one more, right? Well, I mean, there's like a rotating guitar player. If we want to get into it, no. Um, <laughs> should we Puppo of the week? Sure. All right, Hiller. We like to start with the guest. Would you like okay. to tell us your Puppo or Puppos? Sure. Yeah, so so mine is a moment oh. um, that I experienced yesterday morning. So I, I don't uh, I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm an avid feeder of crows. Oh, nice! Like a, like a very a very discreet like I discreetly toss them peanuts like as I'm walking around or like on my bike. And so if you know about crows, they're they're pretty intelligent and they they do recognize you after after you fed them you know for long enough. And I'm not like obnoxious about it. I don't like throw out handfuls of, you know, like crumbs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing it for a few years. And sometimes when you when I leave my apartment, they recognize me and they like they fly to me. And so 
and like not in a weird way, but <laughs> it's uh, kind of it's kind of endearing. And yesterday, they sometimes they alert, they let you know that they're like they see you and they like they want a they want a peanut. And so I had one that did like a low flyby, like just over my shoulder, and then like you know perched on like a car, you know a few feet away. And it's a very very nice thing to have like a wild animal be like, oh hey, like I was hanging out and I saw you leave the back door, <laughs> and I'm like gonna come over and say like hi. I love and that. And so every time that happens, like sometimes there was one crow that would like clip my head. Oh wow! Like, like its wing, its wing would actually like touch my hair. That's scary. Like I'm um, like very like it never actually like hit me, but like it would just like just gently brush me. And I always thought that that acknowledgement was kind of like a special, cute thing. And so when that happens, I'm always kind of like endeared to the crow and, you know, toss it a peanut and just feel kind of happy about things. I love that. Do you do peanuts in the shell? I do. I I think that they enjoy they enjoy the activity of breaking the shell open and like getting it out. Yeah. There's a couple people in my neighborhood who are like I know them as like crow peanut feeders and one is a man with like a a waxed mustache. He's very recognizable. He has like a shaved head and a waxed mustache. And then the other is like a very older woman who's like kind of like walks hunched over. And when she walks, she just has a big crowd of crows surrounding her. And I'm like, I want to be her. <laughs> like I, that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, there. I try to be discreet. Like mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes crowds do start like forming, like if you're like if they're too familiar with you. And when that happens, I tend to like dial it back a bit. Yeah. Like I, I prefer it when there's like one or two. Yeah. Like I don't like being followed by like crows hopping on the sidewalk and like, you know, people are like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that guy's being followed by like birds. Cause I've had people approach me before and they're like, did you see that? Like all those birds, like what's going on? And I'm like, uh, like I feed them peanuts. Like I'm famous. It's got a, it's like an awkward thing that I I don't really want to talk about yeah. with anyone. So whenever that happens now, I just like I just you know I try to control what they're they're getting from me so it doesn't get out of hand. You just give them a peanut, <laughs> and then it keeps them busy, and you get away as quickly as you can in your bike. <laughs> yeah, I give them like one peanut, maybe two peanuts. That's perfect. I love that. It is really hard to to like self control because I feed the birds and. And squirrels on my balcony. And like sometimes when, when you're putting out nuts, you're just like, oh, whoops. <laughs> like there's a mountain of them. Okay. Like, sorry. And then like if if there's still some left overnight, I'll try and like scoop them up because then I don't want like raccoons climbing all over everything. I mean, I want them yeah. climbing over something. It's just not everything because they break stuff. And I feel like peanuts are a very respectable snack. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not like you're feeding them like white bread. No. Yeah. It's like a, like a peanut has like protein and it has like sustenance. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's unsalted. So it's it's not it's not killing the, the animal. Yeah, totally. I think it's I think it's fine. Like they're eating garbage anyway. Like you're providing like a healthy alternative. <laughs> yeah. And it's cute as hell. I love that. That's so nice. Alicia, who's your puppo? Puppo is Hank. Um, today, I finally bought him a new dog dish that has three separate leg heights. Oh. So depending on his chronic pain level, I can raise or lower this dish. And I did a ton of research. I've been looking for months and I just kept coming back to this one uh, local Canadian brand and I bought like the nice one that has wooden legs. 
Oh, wow. I was really worried that he was going to be afraid of it and he wasn't going to use it. And it was it was pretty expensive. And yep, that checks out. He's terrified of it. Oh, no. (laughs) So uh, he will drink water out of it, but he would not eat his dinner out of it. And then I Googled all the reasons why dogs don't like their dishes. And there's so many reasons. But I think he's going to eventually use it. Yeah. He's just like he's such a quirky dog. And there's no bowl-related trauma. Like, it's just... It might be that he's afraid of his reflection or the shadows that are cast within the bowl Mm. when he's trying to eat or it's too deep or maybe his fur is too wide and he doesn't like the feeling of the bowl against his face. Oh, wow. So much to consider. So much to consider. Um, And eventually I gave in and fed him on his favorite Ikea plate. (laughs) I have spent a lot of money on dishes for this dog. But I was also using these boxes to prop up his plates when his back was bothering him. And they now have the old light fixtures from my apartment in them, and they have to be stored somewhere. And they already are covered in dog food grease. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I love him so much. (laughs) I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Jessica? Um, I have human puppies this week. Oh, nice. Um, So the other day, I was having not a great day. I was like dealing with the very loud neighbors fighting, and I... It was very stressful. So Jay and I went to the weed store and we're like, let's treat oh. ourselves to like a weed drink. So we split this one and it wasn't like um, a lot of weed. It was like a normal amount. I think it was like five milligrams, like what I'm used to having. But I think because it was a new kind, I was high for like 24 hours. Um, and Whoa. Wow. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, I was not expecting it. And like the way it sort of manifested itself was like, I was very high at first, but then like the next day I was just, I just felt so like I described it as wiggly. Like I was like, I couldn't think straight. I just like couldn't really accomplish anything. I had all these things I planned to do and then I just completely forgot. And so I was like, I'm a mess. And Jay and I went for a walk and saw some animals and it was nice. And then right when we got home, we got a text from former guest Emmett Hall. And he was like, Hey, are you home? Can I drop by? I have something for you. And I was like, yeah, sure. And Jay and I were both sort of like, our brains were like, can we socialize right now? (laughs) Like, we feel kind of wiggly. And it was Emmett and his girlfriend Renee came by and they were like, we have something for you that we think you would like. And it was a puzzle that the image on the front is the women of Star Trek. And I was like, holy shit, not only are you very right this is also a puzzle that I've seen like in store windows before and been like, Jay, I want that puzzle. So yeah, it was amazing. And it was like, it was free in their laundry room. So like I'm getting a hand-me-down puzzle, which is even better because then someone else has enjoyed it. And it's so nice. So Emmett and his girlfriend, Renee, thank you very much. You're my puppos and I can't wait to do that puzzle. Although I do have one grievance Uh about, about this puzzle. It's got like, it's very comprehensive, all the different women of Star Trek that are on there, but there's no Keiko O'Brien, like what are you trying to pull here? She's in two different Star Trek shows. Like she's That's in a bunch weird. of episodes. Like hmm. anyway, I guess it was just an oversight, but I'm, I'm a fan of uh, that character and the actor who plays her Rosalind Chow. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, just puzzle puzzle people. And I'm very excited to add this puzzle to my puzzle database, which I uh, made recently. 
It's like a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's like a like a Google sheet that I sh- have shared with like my friends who are puzzle people. And then like if they want to borrow a puzzle, they can like put their name down and I'll bring it to them. And very cool. Yeah. Do you have an official like table or like space that you use to make puzzles on? It's the same table that is uh, actually just a keyboard stand with a piece of plywood on it, which I also make my collages on. So I have to make like the big decision to switch between like work and puzzle. So I have to like clean off all the all the collage piles of things. Speaking of spreadsheets, though, when my brain was wiggly and I couldn't accomplish anything, I did do something that I was like, okay, this will set me straight. I made a spreadsheet of all the podcast episodes we've recorded up until now, just to keep track of like who we've had on and how many times and like, Oh my God. So yeah, like (laughs) you don't just Google the person's name and our podcast to see if they've been on already or how recently. Um, no, I, I would, but now I can just look at it and see like, Oh, the last time they were on was like the third time. And like, this is the segments that we did. And I also added it up. And if you play all our podcast episodes back to back, it's 20, 20,000 minutes or something like that. So it would be two weeks straight of us talking about like butts and farting. Yeah. (laughs) Burping. Diarrhea. So so, yeah, that's what they're going to remember us by. (laughs) So many things that my wife would benefit from like an intensive day spent creating like a spreadsheet for it. Yeah. Like organizing, like I have so many, so many things that just like need to be organized, like even in my own head, like I need like a a thing that I can like, you know, reference if I want to see if I've, you know, read that book before or, you know, what episode I'm on or, you know. I'm a big fan. I've made a lot and it's great because you can just share it with whoever needs to like get that information or it can be very private forever. (laughs) Like (laughs) some of the weirder ones. Um, And it also like it helped my thoughts be less wiggly because I'm like, I'm in the grid now. <laughs> like everything's numbered. Everything is at right angles. Nothing's wiggly. So I guess my other pop of the week is spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dork. So should we wrap this up? Yeah. All right. Pillar, you have a new book coming out. I have a new book coming out. So it's called Pond Life. Uh, it's not really about ponds. There are a couple couple of drawings about ponds, but it's uh, 160 pages of just kind of random illustrations that some of them relate to one another. Some of them don't. Most of them don't. But uh, the book is all done. It's being printed now and it should be available in mid-May. Cool. With perfectly acceptable press out of Chicago. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's uh, coming out and I've been working on it for like a couple of years. Oh, wow. So it was kind of the first thing that I have worked on where I really just didn't talk about it with anyone besides like my partner for, for a long time. So it was kind of like a secret, secret thing that didn't really feel like a secret, but I just didn't really talk about to anyone, but I'm, I'm very excited to see it, you know, printed. Yeah. I'm excited too. I have several things that you have made, but they're all quite tiny. So this is like the first meaty book. Yeah. It's, (laughs) It's going to be like five by seven, like around there, like around that size. But it, it's going to be hardcover. So it, it, should be, it should be a pretty nice book. Hardcover. That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be cloth bound. Oh, wow. Beautiful. That's like, yeah, you're going all out. I like it. Yeah, we, we blew the budget. So I mean, you got to pull it out all the stops. Yeah. 
That's so cool. I'm very excited. It gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> and Hiller, if people want to buy your other things. Or follow you online, yeah. Yeah, like you can get cool t-shirts. There's a sweater that you make. There's postcards. Yeah, so I I sell most of my stuff through Buy Olympia. Okay. So Buy Olympia is a business that produces a lot of, you know, artist goods and you know, clothing and like you said, books and postcards and all kinds of things. They're based out of Portland, Oregon. And I've I've been friends with them for a very long time. So they they sell pretty much all of, of what I make, although there are some like letterpress things and other things floating around. But I have those all compiled in a list on my uh in my Instagram bio. I have a link tree nice. that you can go to to check out all of those spaces. Very Wonderful. organized. And do you have? Do you still have things in the like uh, the gumball machine at Lucky's? I think so. Yeah, I, I go to Lucky's like once. I don't know, once a month or so, and I kind of you know check on the machine. Um, I think there are still small books in there. Fifty cents, U.S. dollars, Canadian quarters doesn't matter. Um, and I do try to refill that machine. If it's ever even close to empty, I like make a new book like that day. That's great. And so it's, it's never empty for long if it, if it is empty. Yeah, that's so great. I've got many treasures out of there over the years. So everyone should check it out at Lucky's Comics on Main Street. If you're, if you're not in the know, it's a great place to score little treasures. 3972 Main Street. There you go. Wow. Perfect. I think I'm. I'm pretty sure that's that's what the address. It sounds is. right. Didn't you draw a tote bag for there? Like you probably know. <laughs> I, I drew a tote bag and then gift cards and business cards. Yeah. it's. I th- I'm pretty sure it's three nine seven two. It could be three seven nine two, but uh, three nine seven two sounds right to me. Well, you've said both, so we'll just edit out the one that's wrong. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm very excited because we have a big announcement. Uh. The podcast is holding a fundraiser raffle. This is the first time we've ever done something like this. Um, we're doing a fundraiser for a local organization called WAVA, which is doing really good work. I'm just going to read a little blurb about what they do. So WAVA Rape Crisis Center is a feminist, anti-oppressive, decolonizing rape crisis center operating on unceded Coast Salish territories. They provide free of charge support, including a 24-hour crisis line, counseling, and victim services to survivors of sexualized violence who have shared experiences of gender marginalization. WAVA serves cis and trans women, two-spirit, trans, and or non-binary people. They advocate for social and systemic changes through education, outreach, and activism. So they're doing very good work, and I'm very excited to help raise some money for them. So we are trying to raise $500 for their March fundraiser. So over the next few weeks, if you, the listener, want to donate any amount to WAVA, just go to their website, which is wavaw.ca slash donate. Take a screenshot of it, email it to me, at retailnightmarespodcast at gmail.com. And I will put you in the running to win like a big prize bag, which includes everything from our merch store. So you get a Retail Nightmares tote bag designed by Chris Von Sombathy. You get Jay's comic, Now Me See Me, the last ever copy of the play that he wrote for the podcast, Upon the Wind of a Narrow Swan. That's the last one is gone. 
Alicia's book. Wow, this is huge. You got a seven inch record with uh, Jay Arner songs on it, which is the first record I ever recorded, which will also have an original collage cover. So original art. You're getting so much stuff. There's a tape, a J3 tape. And also Wava is going to throw in some of their products, which are exciting. So you're just going to get a huge bag full of, of great stuff. And it's a good cause. So spread the word. We're going to be posting about it. And hopefully we'll reach our $500 goal. And when we get there, I'll pick a winner and you'll get a, an excellent prize pack. So I'm very excited. We've never done anything like this before. So I hope it's a huge success and we can do more stuff like this in the future. Um, so that's what I've got to plug. And yeah, all the stuff that I would be plugging to say like, buy this, I'm going to say, enter this instead. And then you might win it. So yeah, that's way more fun. Yeah, it's like win-win. But also after this, go back to buying stuff. Um, <laughs> Do both things. Yeah, it's uh, Hiller. It has been a joy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I think this may be my first podcast. Oh, really? I may have guest starred on Friends podcast a long time ago, but I think this is my first proper, you know, wow. venture into uh yeah, being a guest, yeah. especially. Welcome to the world of being podcast famous. You thought it was exhausting being followed by a pack of crows. Wait till you get those podcast fans hounding you. They want peanuts too, though. Yeah, they're hungry. I'll for have to peanuts. buy some more peanuts. Buy more yeah, peanuts. they're having a sale at the birdseed store. I don't know if it's still on, but it was last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was big news for me, okay? I you just started to glow. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, did you ever look through birdseed and like think about what kind of things you could eat and would taste good? Yeah. For sure, of course. Like you're like, oh, that's a sunflower seed. Yeah. Like, I know what that is. Like maybe I could eat, oh, that's a little like brown. It looks kind of like you kind of think that like maybe there's some treats in here. Yeah. I'm still unclear as to what suet is. Yeah. Um, it's like, like a lard. Brick. It's like a brick that holds it together. Yeah. I don't know, but my some dad is always replacing the suet for the birds. <laughs> you got to. I yeah. was a big fan as a kid of stone wheat thin crackers. Oh, and so good. All the little like, uh, like inclusions in that I would sort of feel like I was a bird as I was eating them. I'd sort of like, <laughs> you know, bite down on those little seeds. So I feel like. Can I like, n- nibble on the. Yeah. Like on the edge and then be like, oh, I got, I got a little seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a mouse. I was a mouse. I was a mouse and a bird. Lucky. Yeah. I wish I still was. I'm going to, I'm also going to write down on my list, stone wheat thins, gnocchi and stone wheat thins. That's my diet for the week. That's a dinner, you know, <laughs> a little sandwich, a little squishy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, try it out, you know? Yeah. You've got texture there. It's great. Um, Hiller, thank you so much again for being our guest and uh, everyone go, go buy Pond Life. I'm yep. very excited. Check it out. Got something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. We love you. Please stay safe. And thank you for listening. Um, and thanks to both of you for being lovely. Right You're back welcome. at you. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye.